Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Small Biz Gone Viral. I'm your host, Grant LeBeau. Every episode, we try to shine a light into the world of small business by taking a look behind the curtain, behind that glitz and glam that's normally portrayed in media, and try to get into the real pain points and struggles of entrepreneurs, the regular ups and downs of their everyday journeys, not to mention, well, actually, definitely to mention, the effects COVID has had on their business and the humans behind it. And of course, we get into how they are adapting to survive and hopefully thrive through the pandemic. Today, in episode 49, we have someone with perhaps the most unique, or at least the most off-the-beaten-path story. One that includes taking a cartoon from an idea to a doodle to an inspirational educational tool explored through magic in after-school classes in Atlanta. We'll have the story of Craig Henderson and his inspirational character creation, Ibby. But first, our fun fact. President Biden came into office promising 100 million vaccines in his first 100 days. That was checked off in 60 days. Fun fact, last week, an average of 2.9 million people were vaccinated each and every day. Assuming that number continues to steadily climb as it has for the past two months, the next 100 million should be accomplished in less than 30 days. Not to get too far ahead of myself here, but the end might finally be near-ish. Time now for our recurring historical preservation segment, Facts and Figures. Building on our fun fact, the American COVID future seems bright, at least in the medium term. Unfortunately, we have to get through what appears to be strong potential for a fourth wave first. With many states easing or eliminating restrictions completely, well before herd immunity has been reached, new daily cases have risen again in back-to-back weeks, up to more than 65,000 per day. The reason why I say our medium-term forecast looks good is because in the last five weeks, the number of daily immunizations has nearly doubled from 1.55 million to nearly 3 million, which essentially means on any given day, 1% of the U.S. population is immunized in that 24-hour period. The reason why I say American COVID future seems bright is because it, it has secured 50% of the world's vaccines. With poorer countries not projected to have wide access to a vaccine until as late as 2024 or even 2025, and global citizens obviously wanting to resume life as before COVID, some European countries and Israel are beginning to roll out COVID passports allowing some freedoms exclusively to those who are fully immunized and can prove it. This is a measure generally supported, not surprisingly, in the travel industry, specifically air travel. As the U.S. moves towards herd immunity, the Dow and the S&P both cracked new record highs, with the S&P pushing above 4,000 for the first time ever. Though weekly unemployment remained at the previously hard-to-fathom new normal of 700,000, first-time filings, the total national unemployment rate actually dropped two-tenths of a percent to six percent. That is the lowest since the earliest weeks of the pandemic and is the up note we will be ending this segment on now. Let's get to our interview. 
My guest today is your chief inspiration officer, Craig Henderson. He is the epitome of bringing ideas and inspiration to not only the youth, but adults alike. As a native of Brooklyn, New York, currently residing in Atlanta, he has taken his decades of graphic design, magic, and art experience meshed with his entrepreneurial expertise to build multiple businesses and teach younger generations the way of Ibby. Before you listen to this episode, feel free to check out IbbyWorld.com. That's I-B-I-I World.com. Do that if you want some context, because his business is wild and unlike anything at least I've ever seen. And with that, interview time. Craig, thanks so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me. It's truly an honor. Man, I, I am excited because your story is wild and your business is wild and it's unlike anything that I've ever heard of, thought about, uh, conceptualized. So I guess to, to start things off, uh, I introduced you as a chief inspiration officer. Uh, tell me what is Ibby and, and what inspired the creation of it? Sure. Again, well, thanks for having me. Um, I'm Craig Henderson, the creator of Ibby. And there's two sides of Ibby. We have Ibby the character, and then we have Ibby world. So I'll go into Ibby character. Um, Ibby is a square-headed character uh, who is the ambassador for joy and creativity. Um, it's, it's an acronym for I bring ideas inspiration, Ibby. Now, Ibby World is the creative outlet in which where people can express themselves, discuss or launch new ideas, and connect with others uh, that see the world as they do. And what, <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just so different. I mean, I, I'm imagining when you say square headed, of course, I think of, you know, SpongeBob. Um, <laughs> it, what, the thing is like, you're not a writer for Cartoon Network, right? No. You you have a day job and yeah. and and somehow born out of that was Ibby. So what 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 led to it? What when was it created and and what what's the background that led you to create this character Ibby? Well, it's funny. Um it started back around 2008, 2009 where I was working for Home Depot. And I was the graphic designer. So my background is design, graphic design and web design. Um, and I was in this cube and I said to myself, this can't be it. I didn't have focus. I didn't have passion. You know, um, I wasn't taking action. I was constantly complaining and not, you know, trying to come up with solutions to fix the situation I was in. And their birth, I birthed Ibby. And Ibby was everything that I lacked. Um, Ibby, uh, there's four components that make up Ibby. That is his target. He has a target for an eye, which is a fo he's focused on his goals. He has a heart for his um, his right eye, which is he has a love for what he does and love for others. He has a stitched mouth, which represents talking le talking less and taking I'm sorry talking less and taking more action. And that that square head represents thinking outside the box. And that is everything that I needed to get on track. So Ibby is almost like my alter ego. And it's, okay, so so you come up with Ibby and, mm -hmm. and there's all of the symbolism wrapped up in it for what you 
what you maybe aspire to be, who you aspire to be, how did that sort of, uh, how did that play out as you went deeper and deeper into this, uh, in, into this world of, of Ibby? Did it affect kind of who you were, how you felt your, your, uh, just kind of who you were becoming? Like, did, did you evolve? Did you feel like it, it was the outlet that you wanted it to be? Correct. Um, I aspired to be what Ibby is, right? And that was, I think I was that butterfly, you know, bl blossoming. Like I was, I was, I was turning for some reason. I was, it was a, tr a transition for me. Um, I knew that I had to make a change. There's something internal that's inside of you that tells you this all the time. And we, some people ignore it. I decided to listen to that voice, that little voice in my head and say, hey, this is the time to make a difference with yourself and possibly make a difference in other people's lives. And I felt like creating this character would give hope to me. So inspire me. Mm -hmm. no, I, I think you were going to uh, answer my question anyway. I, did you, when you, when you created it, were you intent on sharing it with the world? At first, um, no. Um, it was just a cool character that I, like, I, you know, I'm a designer, so I'll come up with thousands of characters. So it was just going to be another, just another character that I created and then I'll showcase it and I'll move on to the next. Um, it, it didn't work like that with it. Um, it was, it's, it's, to this day, it serves as a constant reminder. So, um, you know, I think that organically it evolved. Um, I showcased it with some of my coworkers and they said, made mention to me, hey, Craig, you have something here, take it further push the boundaries with this. You have something there. And at the time, I really didn't know what I had. Right. You know, what's mm -hmm. funny is, uh, you know, you're, this, this is uh, episode, you know, 50 or yeah, 50. And I've had on a, a lot of guests from with a ton of different businesses. And what's interesting to me, one of the things that I love about this is, is finding all of the different parallels. And one of the things that I'm noticing here that that's kind of standing out to me is if you replaced Ibby with a recipe for uh, a, a lemonade or a, like, or some new gadget or something like it, it's all the same thing. It's you started with a passion with something without a commercial intent. And from there, uh, then you, then you, you were told by outside people, Hey, this is something that could be commercialized. This yes. is something that that's unique enough. And you, and you had that outside validation that, and then that led to sort of looking for ways to commercialize and, and spread that, spread that joy, spread that message, but also uh, do it in a way that's uh, profitable at some point. So, <laughs> and I guess what I am curious about now is what was the first stage of trying to take this mainstream to 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 spread spread the message of Ibby and to to turn it into a business? It was one of those things where it started out as a simple sticker. Um, and the beauty about Ibby and the sticker was that it invoked inquiry. And um, he said that was the most powerful thing that he's ever owned. Like this little sticker was, he was able to 
almost put himself into Ibby and talk about the things that he was focused on. He was able to, he was able to apply it to himself pretty much. Those, those four principles that, that makes up Ibby. So he said that was very helpful in explaining Ibby. And from there, um, I decided to uh, start a t-shirt line. Now, um, I put about $4,000 into this t-shirt line. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe, maybe that's not much the most, but for me, it was everything I had, right? I had family and friends pitch in and um, we created this line. And I just knew that the moment I made that shirt, it was gonna sell. The moment I made that first shirt was gonna sell. That was not the case. Um, <laughs> I didn't you, have any You knew wrong. <laughs> yeah, I was wrong. <laughs> I had no marketing dollars. I didn't have a website. I didn't have uh, social media at the time. So I started out with t-shirts. Um, that $4,000 was actually a uh, down payment on my marketing. So I've used those t-shirts to market. <laughs> so no money was made, it was used to market. Um, and that was around 2012. So um, it was about three years you know, from the creation until I got to uh, the t-shirt line. And, and just real quick, this whole time you're still working at Home Depot? Yes, so that's another story, right? So, um, I was let go uh, from Home Depot. I was a contractor um, and I left, I started around 2008, created Ibby in 2010. I was let go in 2014. And- um, So that's that, a couple years ahead. Had you done anything between 2012 with kind of the end of the t-shirt era and 2014 or, or was Ibby kind of in, in hibernation at that point? Yeah, so it was in hibernation. Okay. Uh, once I yeah, once I got let go of Home Depot, I had to focus on making money and paying rent and putting food on the table. So um, I just lived off of my savings and freelancing from that point at, at 2014, just trying to get my bearings together, you know. Right. And um, around 2000, so from 2015 to 2017, I freelance and. Um, I actually started to get back in the groove of things and I created some books and some workbooks. And I was also working on trying to build that audience. So I have, at this point now, I've uh, invested in books, t-shirts and hats. And um, so every little bit of money I made from freelance gigs, went to rent first, of course, and then it went into the products. And again, I I should have took a step back, but I don't regret it because it's a lesson learned. And I went straight out there and said, hey, this is Ibby, buy these products. And again, nothing. And I think the main reason was they, at this time, I was, wasn't doing a good job at telling the story as I did when I first created Ibby. It didn't have a story yet. And I think, people they knew it they saw it they knew me and they associated it with me so they liked it but i had to develop develop that story so they can build a, that connection as well for themselves right right so basically again going back to kind of that that parallel you had this great product but it it's more it's always more than i hate to say always but whatever it's always more about marketing than you think it's going to be. You think, hey, I have this great product. It's different. It stands on its own two legs. It, it, it's 
it's unique enough that I shouldn't even have to market it. It'll market itself. Yes. False. Nothing markets itself. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> and you also want that connection. And I think that um, that connection was the component that I was missing. And be honest with you, even though I created Ibby, I lacked focus. I was all over the place. I wanted to do t-shirts. I wanted to do watches, which I did produce some watches. I hired a, um, a licensing. AB Watches? AB Watches. That company now is out of business. Um, Custom Inc. now owns the watches, but you don't have the same selection. But it was called Modified Watches. And they loved the idea. They created uh, uh, many, um, they created some ads for me just because they were like, hey, we love this. We love the message behind this. Hey, we're going to create these ads for you. And I'm on the homepage. I'm the first hero. And um, I created, I had that deal with the licensing agent and I was getting 30% of the watch deal because of course I wasn't manufacturing it. I was just licensing the image. And then from that 30%, I was, I had to give her 40% of those earnings. So horrible deal. Um, I sold the watches for about $65 and you can imagine what I was, was going in my pocket. <laughs> right. Oh, so, um, so that I did that and, uh, we parted our ways. So you're making and like 11 bucks a watch. If that, yeah, that, that's after that's not even, that's before I split. <laughs> wow. Because, well, wow. no, it's about, you know, it's about 11. Yeah, you're right. About yeah. $11. yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. So. Um, I, I, I did that. So that and, was, and what year are we in right now? That's around two, I'll say 2000, that's in between 2015, 16 and 17. Okay. Yeah. And because I, 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 I know that the, the business model, I, I think you, you kind of, you, you eventually found your groove or of what yeah. it's more closely resembles now. And was yeah. that 2017 and, and yes. kind of when you switched to, to schools, right? Yes. Um, I decided that I was, I was going in a circle, right? And I was all over the place. And everyone kept saying, focus, Greg, on one product, focus on one product. And I realized that I didn't have the marketing, you know, dollars to put it out there. So I said, why not jump into the, you know, jump into this opportunity by offering it to children? And where, where are children? They're in schools. So what I decided to do was, um, at, now at this time, I'm pretty much homeless. I don't know if I mentioned that, but I was homeless. Um, I, I was kicked out of my apartment in 2015. Not kicked out. I couldn't pay rent because I didn't have a job and I was freelancing. So 2015 and through 2017, I was going from one friend's house to the next, you know. And... Um, I was all over the place and I just said to myself, I got to get something going where I'm making money with this product. So what I decided to do was I spoke to one of my good friends, Michael Stone, who was the owner of Build a Bunch. He ran Lego camps and he told me, he said, hey, Craig, I see this AB character, turn this into an educational program. And I said, I don't have the money. He said, you don't need the money. Just create the curriculum and sell the curriculum. That's free. These are your ideas. Your ideas are free. Put, just put it on paper. And the end of 2018, I think, no, it was the spring semester of 2018 is when I had my first enrichment program, after school program in Atlanta, Georgia. 
And I was able to be in six schools at the time. And that works. What's the what's the business model there? Is the, is the school paying like per head or something? Well, the parents are paying. The parents are paying. Okay. So they're paying for the semester. So um, just put some numbers out there. Um, yes, semester, please. Um, and it also depends on the budget of the school and the, the, the demographic of the school. But it, it ranged from anywhere from 12 sessions at 185 up to 250, depending on where I was at in the city. Right. Um, so um, all parent funded. Now, I did have I did participate in some Title I schools uh, that were funded by the city. They won some grants. Um, so I was in two of those. That's guaranteed. Right. So I had about. Indicator, I had about I affected about 180 kids. Wow, that's great. So it was really, it was really good. But and I was and, doing it and, myself. And you, and this is all in addition to Home Depot at this point, or is this no. all? This is all. Okay, and so you're still doing some some side projects, some contractor work, and then also in the schools yes. for the. And this is year one. Yeah, this is year one. Um, this was uh, 2018, and I was. I was in, uh, how many schools was I in? I was in five schools, six schools. So I had to hire one other person to take the other school. And the uh, first lesson was, um, curriculum was based on magic. So I have a background in magic and I decided to incorporate that in the curriculum. You, uh, fun fact, you are also the first magician to be on this show, <laughs> I, I believe. It's funny how this all happened too, because I was around, I, was around, I guess 10, or 11 years old and my father did a couple of tricks here and there. And um, I asked him, I said, hey, Pop, you got to teach me this trick. He said, look, the first rule of magic is you never reveal the secret. But you're my son, and I want to show you what you have. Uh, you, must, you must promise me you won't tell a soul. I said, I promise you. He said, OK. So he goes, and um, I guess my mother and him were talking, whatever. And he told him what he told me. And she came in the room when I was doing a magic trick. He said, Craig, how is that done? And if you tell me that, I'll make your favorite dish. And I said, I, I, can't, I can't tell you, mom. I can't tell you. She said, Craig, I'm your mother. You're going to tell me this or you won't get your favorite dish. And I was like, oh, I can't do it, mom. I'm sorry. She went back and reported that to my pops. And he said, Craig, you passed the test. All right. You get through your mom. <laughs> Here I am sharing it with the world now, right? Right. So, right. Um, uh, but it's for a good cause. It's for the kids. And um, I think it's very important that they, you know, learn those skills, those social skills and icebreakers. So the first lesson was uh, magic and it was a hit. Um, the kids loved it. The parents loved it. Um, the problem I, I ran into was trying to duplicate myself and my passion and my energy. So um, and dealing with kids, even just for an hour, you need a certain level of passion <laughs> behind that, you know? Right. When you're dealing with, you know, I'm dealing with what 20 kids at a time sometimes by myself. So trying to keep their attention can be, you know, difficult. But for me, it became it was it was natural. So is that the model that you had maintained through 2019? That is through correct. The end of okay, great. So we get to the end of end of 2019. You are full bore doing the schools. Uh, I know you had five or six schools at a time, 
180 kids. Uh, and at that point, was it, you said you, you already said you had hired one other person um, yes. at the end of 2019, kind of going into that spring semester of 2020. If you can remember all the way back then, it seems so yeah. far from far <laughs> ago. I forgot what 2019 was. I don't even know what 2020 is, but <laughs> man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this uh, year. 2019 was a pretty good year for me. Uh, 2020, a lot of ups and downs. Yes. But uh, certainly different than what I was expecting. And I think that's probably fair to say for just about everybody. But um, I kind of, as we look to wrap up this, this pre-COVID set, what were your expectations for 2020 uh, as of like, you know, you, you had already started that spring semester. How are things going? What were you looking forward to uh, in terms of ex maybe expansion? Yes. Headcount, number of schools, all, all of that stuff. So, um, again, I, after spring semester, I did have a summer, I ran a summer camp, very successful. Um, and once I saw the proof of concept, you know, for the spring, I said, this is a hit. This is how I'm going to make this money. This is how I'm going to expand. Um, I, after the summer, uh, after summer semester, I uh, went into the fall of 2019 and I doubled the schools and I also tripled my staff. Now, doing so, there's some things that I did not do, right? That I wasn't aware of. Number one was training. I did a day of training um, and I had all the instructors come together and we learned about five tricks. And believe it or not, magic, and, and you must have a certain personality when you're, you know, when you're performing magic, right? It's all about making the spectator believe. And I had a hard time trying to teach that, even either you had or you did it, you know? And um, so I was in now 12 schools and it was a hassle because at this point I'm now working for Home Depot. I got, I, I was um, hired back in Home Depot as a web designer. So now I'm managing pages, I'm managing uh, websites, I'm managing staff, I'm trying to figure out the money. And it was a mess. I was doing everything myself, which was no brainer. It was not good. So um, that's one of the hardest things about being an entrepreneur, though, is as you scale is figuring out where you need to, where you need to, where you need help. What, yes. the, what, what, what are the most efficient ways for you to outsource? And usually that's kind of an accounting, paperwork, HR stuff. You know, what, what can you do that? Not what you, what can you do? What, what's hard is giving up control and going, Hey, wow. I'm, I'm finally starting to make a profit here. Well, if I just do everything, then I get to keep all of that money in house, but that mm -hmm. can be an obstacle to taking those next leaps of, of expansion of growth. Yeah. And, and the key to it, the key to that is letting go of ego. And, you know, I was told by others like, Hey, you got, if you're an entrepreneur, you got to do everything yourself. And that, that's a true entrepreneur. You got to fight. You got to fight. And I'm like, man, this is not right. Because I'm, a, I am all creative. Like I have the attention span of a pregnant net. I'm all over the place at any given time. Right. So, <laughs> So when it came to paperwork, I was lost. When it came to paychecks, I was like, now that's one thing I did 
promised my instructors they will always be paid on time, which that happened. I always made sure they were paid on. That's very important to keep the morale going, right? So, but what my issue was, I had I was hiring college students, and some days they get up and they say, Craig, I don't feel like going to work. And I wasn't set up to have a backup. So now I had to leave work and I had to get there. And that caused friction within the company, you know, of with, course, I mean, with, of course. Yeah, right. And with my workload. And um, I, again, I had to learn the hard way. Um, I was overpaying some of my instructors. Um, I didn't have proper contracts written up. So you're um, just learning lessons all over the place. Oh, boy. Oh. And this is this is all still 2019. It's all 2019. Yeah, 20 well, 2018 was the same, but it, it, when I doubled the class, you know, the uh, the schools, that's when it really hit me. You doubled the problems. Doubled right. the problems, and that's when it all hit me. Wow. Well, I I want to hear about how this how the, how this played out in 2020. Okay. But first, of course, as always. It's time for our guests unsponsor our unsponsor being a small business run by awesome people who produce an awesome product. They don't know they're getting this shout out, but they just deserve one because don't we all deserve a shout out? Craig, <laughs> tell us who is today's show not brought to us by? Well, Grant, today's show is not brought to us by Ashley Renee. Uh, her website is Travel Lushes. And this is a, a, a place where you can go and get travel tips, learn how to live a vegan lifestyle. And she also, she also offers smart tech uh, tips and smart tech uh, a blog. And she lives an adventurous life and she encourages us all to do that. And uh, yeah, big shout out to Ashley Renee for living uh, adventurously green life. And what's the, the best way to find her? Um, hey, Ashley Renee. Um, that is H-E-Y at H-E-Y-A-S-H-L-E-Y-R-E-N-N-E. -E -E. You can find her that uh, on Instagram. And you can go to Travel Lushes to see our story, which is T-R-A-V-E-L-L-U-S-H-E-S. -L -L -E -E awesome. Hey, Ashley Renee. That's the way to find her. Let's move on to our mid-COVID set. And let's talk about the real-world impacts of COVID-19 on Ibby and you and what what happened. What the, 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 let's continue learning about the, the lessons that you learned through training, working with, with college kids, basically take, putting your passion and and effort and drive of the last let's see at that point eight nine ten years and and putting that into the hands of someone else what did that how did you feel knowing that this thing that you, again that you'd, you'd put basically invested a decade and a, a huge portion of your say of what could have been savings or what was savings into this into this idea into this concept into making it finally happen and then have someone just maybe they're too hungover or for whatever reason they're not showing up what what, what was that psychologically like for you oh oh man it, it beat me up really bad um it made me realize that 
in order to have any successful business, you must have systems in place. You must, uh, I was running, again, I, I realized it was all a reflection of me. You know, I'm all over the place, so my staff is all over the place. My business is all over the place. So it hit me hard. Um, I, you know, again, like just go recap, I wasn't managing my books properly. Um, my overall customer service was trash, <laughs> you know. Um, I wasn't responding when I was timely. Um, it made me realize I had a lot of work to do with myself in order for me to, you know, meet the expectations of what AB truly was. So, um, yeah, so I think that during this, during that time, uh, around end of two, it was just 2019, I decided to hire an HR team to run my books and to hire my staff. And I told her, I want actors. They can, they're good at any, any situation, they, they learn quick and they're great at improv and that's what i need to work you know that's why i need to be on my staff um so we were in the process of hiring uh of actors for us that um and also a little older uh, i wanted to stay around you know i didn't want and I, for some reason i didn't want a, a college student i wanted somebody with a reliable car that also shared the same passion you know for kids so I had different requirements going forward, you know, I had to change that up. It wasn't just about filling a spot and putting someone to babysit children. It was all about how can I bring this brand Ibby and how can I duplicate myself? So who better to go to than the actor? Right, right. So much of the brand is about the person presenting it. Exactly. So um, again, I had I hired an HR team to work with me. And again, it's all about asking questions and actually making the right questions and letting go of the ego. And I had to let people know I need help. And they saw the fire and passion in me. And they said, look, we'll do whatever we can to help you out. Thanks for asking. You know, you know, sometimes you have to take that first step. And I did that. And um, it was it was very rewarding. Um, now I was losing schools when I was figuring all this out. I was still now I'm losing schools, right? So that was another issue. I'm losing schools as I go. So I had you know, parents calling me, hey, my child learned nothing. Hey, your instructor was on the phone all day. Hey, your instructor was late. Hey, these kids said they've been doing the same trick for three classes. So I was getting a lot of that. And that's so frustrating because you've spent so much time and effort and energy cultivating and shepherding this through the sales process to finally get these schools signed on. And you can't just get a school signed on. Oh, no. You know, the next, it's, it's not like, hey, I'm selling something, I mean, I'm selling widgets online. No, if you, if some, if you're selling, I don't know, uh, sunglasses online and one person doesn't like them, great. You sell sunglasses to the next person online, but you're going to school districts. Yeah. And that's, once that's a tough a, customer. Once you lose a school, it's pretty hard to get it back. Yeah. Um, yeah. Parents are like, Hey, this is it. You get one chance with us, you know? Um, so yeah. So, you know, that was kind of hard on me. It was definitely hard on the business, um, which is why I said, you know, pre-COVID, right before it happened, I made that switch. I made that transition to better my training, put tools together for them, video tutorials for them that they can, you know, review before class. Um, I was taking those those steps, and boom, February hit, and guess what? Big V's there and everything went to 
right big i mean because especially especially in the beginning but yeah. things got canceled real quick yes and things moved to a virtual world pretty quickly were you as a small business owner that that's a huge obstacle yeah what I was that like for you i did not pivot well i wasn't in a I didn't, that was funny because I was a videographer, right? So you would think, oh, great, you can put together a video, but it took a lot more. It's producing, it's getting the right talent, it's creating that curriculum for, you know, it's, it's, it's different when you're trying to engage a child virtually. I mean, their attention span, of course, as you know, in classes, you know, all over. So now imagine online. So, oh, so imagine being online. So um, it was very difficult. For me to transition and to pivot toward to um to digital uh virtual virtual right learning. Um, do, do you have online classes available now um well i offer a product that um gives an option to learn online now so i i offer these magic boxes that you can find on ibiworld.com that's my plug yep yep that's right. we're, we're all about plugs here yep yeah, you're a small business we're here for you yep so everywhere.com, you can find these magic boxes where I, I offer about 13 magic tricks. You get a t-shirt, you get a cape, uh, you get some cool glasses, and you get a one-on-one -on -one with the magician if you sign up for that particular pro uh, package. And um, I think that was the, the best solution to go in between. So it wasn't live. Uh, I did a couple just test run, and I could not keep the kids' attention. They were all over. The, some, phone, some cameras are on, some are off. You know, um, they didn't have the material. So now they can purchase the materials, get with their, and, uh, you know, their magician and learn the tricks on their own time. And is that, is that working out? Let's put it this way. I must put a better foot forward and pushing the product. So right now, yep. just on everyworld.com, I should be on Amazon. I should be in blogs. I should be reaching out to schools, you know? So again, it, it all falls back to me, you know, success is all based on the, you know, the, I'm the owner and I'm failing myself, you know? So I have to do a better job at putting it out there. Uh, don't, don't be too hard on yourself there, Craig. You, you have a full-time job. You're doing all the R and D, all the content development. And then you're also expecting yourself on a shoestring budget to, <laughs> be putting this out there to be doing the market to be doing the sales, the marketing, reaching new audiences, and somehow funding all of that. Yeah, that is true. And that is the plight of a solopreneur if I've ever heard one. I shouldn't be so hard on myself and give myself more credit because it is a lot of work. And um, I love it. I love the challenge. I, I can do this all day long. If I know I have a roof over my head, <laughs> right. it's a lot easier. But um, yeah, it's it's something that I've learned. I'm I'm going through this process, and some people say, "Hey, you've been doing this for ten years. You should be here." I'm like, "Hey, this is my story, and this is my journey. And when it comes, it comes. And when it comes, it's gonna it's gonna be beautiful, you know. And I'll have a lot of experience that I can share with others, and hopefully, they will make the same mistakes I've made. And again, I, if I encourage, I can encourage any entrepreneur. I would definitely encourage them to reach out and ask questions. Yes. Get help. A hundred percent. Yes. And again, let go of your ego. And that's something I had to work on. And I'm so happy I did because um, you become your true self once you let go of that other guy. And um, you see the world differently. 
you know, I always tell the children, uh, flaws are fun, you know, but then again, you know, maybe we shouldn't look at these things as flaws. Maybe we should look at them as being unique and, you know, that's just, you're unique in every way. So again, just ask questions, um, be yourself, be transparent, be honest. And um, I think that's downplayed in the society now that a lot of people are not honest anymore with themselves or with others. And I think we can do a better job at that. Oh man, Craig, you are just, well, first of all, you are preaching to the choir. I mean, that's what this show is all about is like transparency and vulnerability and honesty about yeah. what it's really like being an entrepreneur, not what we see in media, the, the glitz and the glam. And like you take out a credit card and three months later, you're a billionaire. No, the, the real deal, the, the struggle, the lessons that you're learning on the fly, the speed bumps you're hitting, the, the hurdles, the obstacles, all of the things that are the, the real world of what it's like trying to have your own business. And, and a huge part of that is letting ego go and yeah. reaching out for help where you can, admitting, admitting to yourself and to others what you don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. there's... Yes, like there's the whole, you know, having have the minimum viable product to get have your MVP and and just sell, sell, sell. And yes, but that doesn't mean that you can't ask for help. It doesn't mean that you can't go find people who have been through, who have who have walked where you want to 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 walk. Right? You want to follow in their footsteps? Well, ask them how they did it. And that, I mean, that was one of the things that you and I were talking about before we started recording yeah. was that you found a guy who did really well with you know in the in the ecom world and is kind of taking you under his wing a little bit. There's nothing wrong with that. That's what we all should be doing. And, and I think that we should be doing that in maybe more micro doses. So rather than like, you don't need Mark Cuban or, or some, you know, or, or Seth Godin or Tim Ferriss or someone to like, to come along, it can be nine different people who all offer nine different things. Yeah. And, and I did this moments ago when you corrected me don't beat yourself up you know yeah. celebrate small wins and i'm glad you you know made me realize that um because i know better but you should always celebrate the small wins and don't be so hard on yourself because i look at where i was in 2008 and i look at where i'm at now and i'm in a much better situation in 2008 if has grown exponentially the brand is actually growing as we speak. And um, I just have to do a better job. And we all should do as entrepreneurs do a better job at celebrating the small wins. Yes, yes, 100%. And and all, first, oh, one more thing. Yeah. Also go. knowing when to say no. Yes, that's actually a, um, kind of a recurring theme that seems to be coming up with my guests and in, in life and as I talk with other uh, small business owners is, is one concept. Uh, Jordan Buckner, who was a, a recent guest, said he one lesson that he wish he would have learned earlier and that he would like to pass along is fire your bad customers. Mm -hmm. You have someone who wants you to do a, do a ton for a little, right? They want you to do a ton of work for a little money and they're, and they're a lot of work. It's okay. <laughs> say, say no. Cause so many people will, will, will try to take advantage and see how, see how much they can take. And sometimes you gotta be willing to say no. Well, you know, as a freelancer, I was taking jobs just to see, like, it all depended on my on the bills I had. So I said, okay, I have a $200 phone bill. Hmm, what job can I do for $20? This job would usually cost about $1,000, right? But I'm saying, oh, I'll do it for four because I'm in need of something. I, I need it. And I wasn't, you know, it's all about, you know, almost like in a survival mode. You know, you can't think like that. You always, you know, always have that value. Stick with that value. 
and you have better customers. Mm-hmm. And here you are doing a two hundred dollar job. You, you, you know, you, you hate it. And again, like you said, it's, it's a lot more trouble. It's 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 not worth it. Right. To do it. Yeah. Right. Um, I think I heard you say just a few minutes ago that Ibby is growing right now. It is. Um, right now, um, I am growing my social media. Um, I'm yeah, also, I just saw that. Yeah. And um, it's been like a month since and I talked, and I just looked what, even while we were doing this interview and I saw you're, you're up to 5,000 followers. You're crushing it. <laughs> it took me 10 years, but I, I, yeah. I celebrate that win. <laughs> celebrate the wins you know celebrate i mean oh, yeah yeah especially you, you're you're all about that getting that awareness right now yeah and um i've created some book bags so i'm gonna do a book bag drive um you know school's opening up now i believe next semester so we, i have to position myself now uh for that um i'm excited and um again it's just about living ibby every day you know just putting a smile on someone's face, staying positive, always motivating someone. And um, again, it is a reflection of me. And um, so, yeah, I, I'm putting myself out there now and I'm getting rid of the doubt. You know, I'm getting rid of the, um, the uh, idea that I don't have in my mind. You know, I have everything I need. I have to keep reminding myself. I have everything I need for this to be successful. What it takes, is direction, focus, and action, and that's what I'm. That, that's what direction, I'm. Direction, focus, and action. I, I need to write that down because I I, I think I need some of that in, in, <laughs> in my life. Um, Craig, I I, I want to talk with you more. Uh, first, we're gonna take one quick break. A quick word from our sponsor, inspired very directly by this podcast, my new company, Maker Day. MakerDay provides unforgettable remote group experiences led by the makers themselves. So think of a Zoom happy hour or wine tasting led by the winemaker herself, or a chocolate experience that starts by tasting a flight of single-origin dark chocolate and ends by hand-rolling your own truffles led by the chocolatier and small business owner herself. We have kombucha, matcha, cocktails, Turkish coffee, improv, yoga, trivia, and more always, always, always led by the small business owners themselves. So not only do you and your whole group get amazing products sent directly to each participant, but you'll be inspired by the passion, expertise, and entrepreneurial spirit of the people leading your Zoom. Let our makers make your day with Maker Day. That's M-K-R-D-A-Y dot com. Maker Day. Okay, Craig, one thing that I, I want to talk with you because Ibby is, uh, like you, you were just saying, it is a reflection of you, was born basically as a, a piece of you, as your alter ego, as as an aspirational character, but also as a reflective character of, of some of, of your better traits, magnified what you want to be. But I, I mean, to me, it's what you are. I know it's, you say it's what you want to be, but is you've you've been commercializing something that is perhaps more art than it is um th- it just is art i mean that that's how it, it it was it was a creative process that that bore it out in the beginning is it what is it like trying to balance 
the integrity of the original concept of Ibi versus uh, or, or with the capitalist aspect of it. So I guess how, how is it how is it balancing um, the, the create commerce versus art, essentially? Oh, um, I believe most artists have this where they're like, oh, I don't care about the money. I just want to create. And I'm at the point now where you have, I have to value this as a value myself. You know, I have a value and um, I have to value it the same way. And there's a cost with that, right? Um, you know, you go to school, you pay top dollar to get the best education. Um, you know, you can take a 25 cent, we, we called them quarter orders back in the day that, that food coloring was in some water, you pay 25 cents for, or you get a Snapple which is a little bit better and you pay that dollar, right? And I realized that I have to put value to this and understand that having a value is not a you know negative thing and understand that people have it to pay it and they're looking for it, you know? And I have to be there for the opportunity. I have to be ready for the opportunity. So it was tough in the beginning to uh, put a value to it because again, it has a lot to do with how I thought about myself, where I was at in my life at the time. And, you know, I'm working on building my confidence, you know, and that's just me being transparent, building that confidence up and knowing that I'm worth it. And that's a struggle, you know? So, you know, I've been in therapy, I, you know, taking meditation classes all to improve that because it is something that has a value. And I think everyone that appreciates it will, you know, dive right into it. So. I'm changing, I'm shifting the way I used to think and going towards putting, you know, setting forth, a, uh, putting forth a value saying, hey, you want this, then if you want the best of me, then you, you know, you pay this. Right. As you are getting set to go back into schools, as you know, we're, we're talking uh, at, at the end of March, 2021, I know a lot of schools are looking to go back in, fully in person, either after spring break in April or at the very latest next fall. How do you, how do you implement what the answer from your last question about continuing to, to place value on the work that you are, that you are putting in and the, the lessons that the quality of work that you are, that you, that you know, you're bringing to schools as we as we kind of forecast this this next stage where where schools are reopening, how will your business model how will you will your business model be different relative to how it was pre COVID? Well, number one, I think again you, you you get what you pay for, you know. So offering a better product for me is having my paying for a system to run it, right? Uh, um, Offering value to me is hiring better uh, instructors, which means you have to put more money out, right? And maybe, is that, yeah, so, yeah, yeah so again, and it's- um, does, that, does, does that mean that the price goes up for the, the school? Price goes up. Yes, the price goes up as well, right? Um, getting into, and this has, I have nothing against Title I schools. I would still be uh, participating in Title I schools, but now I would step into the private schools. And, and, and just so our listeners are clear, because uh, just so I'm clear, because I'm not sure, what is a Title I school? 
Um, Title I schools pretty much need uh, financial assistance from other edu educational agencies. So, you know, I will never charge a Title I school uh, or child, you know, uh, $250 to be a part of my class, you know. It'll be prorated. It'll be something more along the lines of maybe dollars because, you know, you want everyone to enjoy it. And depending on the demographic and where, where the school is situated, you, you have to be able to fit those needs of the parents. Got it. So you're basically doing it almost at cost, essentially, yeah, at that it, point. Lower is making the impact. Lower income families. And if you're if you're doing, you know, uh, Mondays at private schools, then you can do Tuesdays at Title One schools. Is that is that kind of what you're thinking? Well, no, I, I can do simultaneously. I can I I can just hire more instructors, so I can have them going. Yeah, I can have Monday can it could be a Title One school and a private school. Okay, got it. So yep. if you're so you, you can do Monday at a private school with someone who you hired so that and that that will afford you the ability to do also monday at a yes. title one school using someone yes. else you hired mm -hmm. got it and implementing the lessons learned that we kind of talked about 2018 2019 so we're now hiring sort of a, a different demographic maybe a little bit older a little bit wiser a little bit maybe more uh placing a higher value on a job as opposed to i don't know <laughs> without yeah. disparaging anybody uh no. maybe, maybe a, a, a you know a younger demographic who might not quite place that same amount of value um yeah. one question that i do have is how are you better equipped now to train people to have sort of that same enthusiasm for the job that i think is what sets ibi apart yeah so it's the the hiring process it all has to do with personality right Eager, eagerness to learn um again i was just filling spots just to get someone in the spot now i have more deliberate i have a more focused measure of hey this is who i want this is the pro i hate to say profile but this is what i who i want to run right. the camp you're gonna say um, no to some people first yeah because, yeah and um so i again i now have systems in place right I have payroll now put together. Um, I have, um, they have t-shirts now. They have a, pretty much of a uniform, not walking in with, 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 you know, random figures on their shirts. They know who we are. Um, I also had to, uh, which I did do during um, COVID, I took a business accelerator led by Miss um, Whitney White. Yes, and Whitney A. White, one of Whitney one of our White, early guests on the show. Yeah. Shout out and, to Whitney. She's great. Yeah. And basically, um, and she's the founder of Take Back Your Time. And yes. uh, she's a phenomenal coach. And uh, that's where I learned how to create systems, integration, and build engagement. So it was a great investment. And I would encourage anyone um like me that has no idea, you know, where to begin to participate in, the, in her workshop and accelerator. I'm sorry. So, yeah, so that was the first step. I had to start, I had to get, you know, educate myself. Um, I'm currently taking more business classes because that lingo is something that I have to work on and understanding how businesses work. Um, I'm not just a creator. I'm now a business owner. So I, I carry many hats and I, yeah. got, and I had to sit back and realize that, Hey, Craig, you got to, 
you got to pick up some, you know, knowledge. So that's what I'm currently doing now. Better and myself. I think that, that also kind of builds on your your earlier point too about acknowledging where your weaknesses are, setting aside that ego, and mm-hmm. pu- putting in that investment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. and it's it's tough realizing, you know, seeing that, you know, looking in the mirror and go, "Wow, this is who I am." So it's time to get better, and it's it's time to improve, and um, that's what I'm that's what I'm doing. Craig, I'm I'm so impressed. I just uh, your your story. I just I I love it. I love all of the your your journey to get to where you are, and because I mean, there there ten years into a business is is a lot, right? And there I think there are a lot, I think there are a lot of people who would have said, hey, maybe this this just isn't for me. This isn't. I thought I had something. Maybe I don't. But rather than giving up on the project, you are learning. And learning from and addressing, identifying, learning, addressing where those weaknesses are in the business, which when it's a one-man business, that basically means you. And so it's, again, it's setting aside that ego and it's really drilling down to where, where am I lacking and how do I, how do I fill those holes? How do I fill my cup? Uh, yes, exactly. And, yeah. living, and living that Ibby lifestyle. It's, it, you know, being, a, being an entrepreneur being, uh, is a lonely world at times, you know? And believe me, there's been times where I'm like, I'm going to give this up. I'm sticking to my nine to five and that's it. It's easier that way. Um, but again, it's this burning passion in me that I have to succeed and I have to get to reach this goal. And um, I believe that I am an inspirational officer. I believe that I bring joy and to others and... Um, that's been proven. Um, so it's all about building that up and creating that that world where we're all doing that at once someday. Who knows when, but we, I expect us all to be living our purpose and doing what we enjoy and you know, just spreading love wherever we go and positivity. I can't think of a better way to wrap things up here than on, on that note. Um, <laughs> Yeah, just so so good, uh, Craig. I I just want to thank you for for coming on the show and and for sharing your 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 journey and and wisdom and knowledge and uh, kind of being vulnerable and laying it all out for for me to learn from, for our listeners to learn from. And I'm excited to have you back on in season two a year from now and hearing that you're in a ton of new schools with a bunch of highly qualified purpose-driven, uh, just top, top-tier staff working for you who are, who are accurately reflecting and living that, that Ibby lifestyle. Backpacks flying out the door. I'm just, I'm excited for you, man. Yeah, and if I could say one more thing. Oh, hit me. Um, you know, I've, um, I tell everyone, don't be afraid, you know, to break, you know, break your, to break your mold. Um, I've always strayed away from interviews. I was, I was always intimidated by podcasts or speaking and in public. And I realized that in order to grow, in order to be the best person you are, you have to break your mold. You, you know, you have to transform. And here I am 43 years of age. And I'm like, Craig, it's time. And my time is my time. And there's nothing more, uh, there's nothing more exciting than to realize that you are transforming and you're getting better 
and you know, you're breaking boundaries, your, your, your personal boundaries. And I think that's just, you know, you, you must, you know, take that leap of faith and you must always, you know, trust yourself and be, and don't be afraid to make mistakes or the idea of failing. I don't believe in that anymore, you know, um, because it's all growth. So I encourage everyone to maintain a growth mindset and uh, that's what success is and it becomes your story. So Craig, if, it, well, if you want another source of income, I feel like uh, real, the real world inspirational speaker is, is another, <laughs> is another career, career option for you. Uh, last thing here, Craig, if our listeners are, are interested in, in Ibby, in Ibby's world, they want to, they want to find out more, maybe, maybe buy an at-home magic kit, entertain the kids through the rest of this quarantine period. What's the best way to do that? How do they find you? How do they support you? You can support me by going to ibiworld.com. That's I-B-I-I-world.com. And you can also find me on Instagram at freeibi. That's F-R-E-E-I-B-I-I. And make sure to pick yourself up a magic action box. And a t-shirt. And a cake. And some <laughs> we, have, we got some t-shirts <laughs> left over, by the way. <laughs> Good. <laughs> 2012. All right, Craig, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for sharing. Thank you, Grant. It's been a pleasure. Thank you to my guest, Craig Henderson of Ibby. If you want to see what a real-life pretend superhero looks like, check out ibbyworld.com that's i-b-i-i world.com time now for my unsponsor aka a small business doing everything right they don't pay for a shout out and heck they don't even know it's coming but they deserve one today's show was not brought to you by ruby mountain paint co sourced from all around the globe ruby mountain paint co creates artist quality non-toxic and sustainable watercolors easily available to artists and I know for a fact that these are artist quality because my amazing eco-artist cousin, Mariah Reading, best known, of course, as a previous unsponsor, told me to share Ruby Mountain Paint Co. Available at rubymountainpaintco.com. Speaking of shopping small, check out smallbizgoneviral.com for a rapidly growing list of unsponsors and the small businesses run by our guests. There are now over 100 plus businesses listed that you have probably never heard of, but guaranteed will be impressed by. So vote with your wallet for the world you want to live in and shop small. Thank you, Peggy Bunker and the Bunkmates, for this song you're listening to right now. Worldometer, NPR, Robin Hood Snack, and Morning Brew Daily News emails. And most importantly, my amazing researcher, Kaylin Kwan. Someday this will all be over. Until then, fight the fatigue, social distance, and wear a mask. From an office in North Pacific Beach, recorded and edited before and after work hours, I'm Grant LeBeau, and this is Small Biz Gone Viral. And we're back, as always, with our quick bonus lightning round. Three quick questions for our guest, Craig. Craig, thanks for sticking around. Question number one, what's your favorite quote? Maybe one quote that you try to live by. Uh, this is an easy one, Grant. One of my favorites. Here it goes. Nothing happens if nothing happens. Simple and elegant. I love it. <laughs> All right. What piece of question number two? What piece of advice would you recommend to yourself 10 years ago? 
put ego aside, ego aside, ask questions, get a mentor. You know, and, and, and as a business entrepreneur, nothing will ever be handed to you. So be prepared and willing to work hard, email, call, knock down doors. <laughs> I, I love it. All right. And, and last but not least, question number three, the question we always end on, because this is a happy show. What is your favorite part about being an entrepreneur? I get to share my gifts and talents with the world. And I'm able to create something from nothing and share it with the world. And I think creation is, is the highest form of, you know, happiness. And I get to share that. So the, the, my favorite part is that I get to create a product, share with the world and share a piece of me with the world along with it. Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Thanks, Craig. Yep. Thank you. And, and, and be bold. Remember this, guys. You got to remember this. Be bold. Be inspired. Be heavy. Do-do-do. <laughs>